You're listening to Gruesome and Unnatural, a true crime podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Gruesome and Unnatural. I'm Shelly. And I'm Eric, and this is episode 48. Yeah, hello, my gruesome addicts. Thank you for joining us for another episode, and uh, let's just get into it. Are you ready, Eric? Yep. You're always ready. I know it. Jasmine Richardson was born on October 21st, 1993, to Mark and Deborah Richardson. Four years later, they welcomed a baby boy by the name of Tyler Jacob. Many reports state actually Jacob instead of Tyler, so I'm just going to kind of go with that. Yeah. (laughs) As Jasmine got older, she was well-liked by her friends. She was a great student, like getting mostly straight A's. But slowly, she kind of got into the goth scene. Jasmine, at this time, was attending school and living in in Medicine Hat, Alberta, Canada. It is now summer of 2005, so Jasmine is now 12 years old. But honestly, she looks so much older. And I have to show you a picture so that way I can get your reaction. (laughs) Because tell me that she looks like... A 12-year-old. I mean, this is a horrible picture, but does she look 12? No. Right? (laughs) I mean... It's like an 18-year-old older. Okay, that's literally what I wrote down. Like, I think she could pass between, like, 16 and 18. She does not look like she's 12 years old. Definitely. Right? So Jasmine starts to make, like, social media profiles for herself on sites such as MySpace, Nexopia, and VampireFreaks.com. She went by uh, Runaway Devil as her username. Jasmine and her friends would hang out at the Medicine Hat Mall, where a group of these goth kids also hung out. And eventually, they all started to become friends. Like, her group of friends, this other group of friends kind of just started to hang out together. Although, this group age ranged anywhere from her being 12 years old to up to 22 years old. So, in this group, there was a man by the name of Jeremy Stanky. He was born January 15, 1983, to an alcoholic mother and an abusive father. Jeremy didn't have the best childhood, and by the time he was 14, he was trying marijuana, acid, mushrooms. He was being bullied in school as well as he ended up actually dropping out of high school uh, by the time he was in 10th grade. And as well, by the summer of 2005, he too became more involved with like the goth lifestyle. You see, Jeremy was actually born with FASD, fetal alcohol syndrome disorder. Mm. Yeah, this causes medical, behavioral, educational, and social issues in a person along with a list of other issues. So... I also read that, like, he might have not had the mindset of a 22-year-old, and maybe, like, you know, he had the mindset of a younger kid, like, possibly, you know, like, 14 or something like that, kind of close range of, you know, age of Jasmine. And now I totally believe, like, uh, if your childhood is kind of taken from you from that abusive place, you kind of revert back to some childhood stuff as you get older. Yeah, for sure. And, like, stay there. Yeah, I believe that, yeah. And the fact that his mom's drinking alcohol while she's pregnant with him, like, and that's why he ended up with FASD, but, yeah, I totally agree with that, yeah. Now, I read different articles that stated that Jeremy and Jasmine met through maybe a mutual friend, they met at a punk concert, or they met over, you know, one of these social media sites, but either way, you know, they crossed paths with each other. Jasmine's parents did know about this new friend group she was hanging out with, and totally disapproved because, you know, she's hanging out with all these older men and her parents are, you know, she's 12 years old. They're like, hell no, you're not hanging out with 22 year olds and stuff, you know. So in early 2006 is when Jeremy actually asked Jasmine to be his girlfriend and she said yes. 
So, but, you know, obviously she had to keep this relationship a secret from her parents because obviously they're going to disapprove. I mean, like I said, she's 12 years old and he's now 23 at this time. So this 23-year-old is dating a 12-year-old. Gross. Yes. Jasmine started to act out more and more. She was seeing, obviously, Jeremy behind her parents' back. She would fail to watch her little brother when her parents weren't home because she was too busy hanging out with Jeremy and her friends. And, of course, her parents found out about Jeremy. Uh, They took her phone away. They took her computer away. And she wasn't really able to contact Jeremy anymore. At this time, the Richardson family thought family counseling would help. And it really did seem to help them. Jasmine wasn't really acting out anymore. And she was getting back to, you know, quote, unquote, herself. Her parents allowed Jasmine to attend a punk rock show with like a friend, but they had to come along, you know, as a little as a rule for her being allowed to go to this concert. And they did. In the middle of the show, though, her parents weren't really able to locate Jasmine for some reason. So they were like trying to find her and stuff. And they found her making out with a man in a black hoodie and like really dark, like black makeup. And who do you think that man was? Jeremy. So Jasmine, again, was grounded for this. And again, her phone and computer were taken away. Despite everything being taken away from Jasmine, somehow she, like, was still able to communicate with Jeremy. So they unfortunately came up with a plan. And, well, it's probably more of Jeremy's plan than Jasmine because, you know, she quote-unquote loves him. Jeremy wrote to her, quote, I have this plan. It begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you. Jeremy also wrote this on a social media site, quote, payment. My lover's rents are totally unfair. They say that they really care. They don't know what is going on. They just assume. As their greed continues to consume, she is slowly going insane. She continues to think that I came into her life to help her out and to stop what they keep trying to shout. It's all total bullshit. Their throats, I want to slit. They will regret the shit that they have done, especially when I see to it that they are gone. They shall pay for their insolence. Finally, there shall be silence. Their blood shall be my payment, unquote. It all sounds familiar. Right? How many times have we done cases where it's always these kids thinking that they're in love, even though he's not a kid? You know? And it's like, why do these parents have to die? Like, I just don't understand. Or like, you know, them coming up with these horrible plans. Also, according to Jasmine's friends, Jeremy told her that he was, quote, a 300-year-old vampire who liked the taste of blood and wore a small vial of blood around his neck, unquote. So cool. I also read he was a werewolf, all these, you know, different things. So <laughs> what a douche. I know. A werewolf and a vampire. You yeah. can't be both. First yeah, I, off. Exactly. Agreed. <laughs> On Saturday, April 22nd, 2006, Jasmine and Jeremy and some friends were watching the 1994 movie Natural Born Killers. Have you seen this movie? Uh, I just showed it to you the other week. Okay, I was going to say, I think you literally just put this on before I even, like, thought of this case. And I was like, I think we watched some of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. Have you seen this movie? (laughs) I fucking showed you it. (laughs) So, according to IMDb, it is about two victims of traumatized childhoods um, that become lovers and psychopathic serial murders irresponsibly glorified by the mass media. Does that sound about right? Yep. Okay. So at this time, Jasmine and Jeremy were planning the murder of her mother, father, and her little brother. This would take place the next day in the early morning hours of April 23rd, 2006. Jeremy got into the Richardson household, probably with Jasmine's help. Their house was located at 304 Cameron Road. Visit. (laughs) Always got to add the addresses. Jeremy found Deborah in the basement and stabbed her to death. He stabbed her a total of 12 times, and one of those stabs pierced her heart. 
The sounds of her screams alerted her husband, Mark, so he rushed to the basement only to find his wife covered in blood on the basement floor. Mark started to attack Jeremy, but Jeremy overpowered him, stabbing him to death as well. He was found with a total of 24 stab wounds, nine of those to his back. After killing Jasmine's parents, he went upstairs where Jasmine told Jeremy that it was cruel to leave behind her little brother with no parents, so he had to die too. This is when, I believe it was actually Jasmine, that slit his throat and stabbed him to death. He was stabbed a total of like five times. What the fuck? I know. It's like, you. This, he was eight years old. Your little fucking brother, just because you don't like, you didn't have to murder your parents to begin with. Like, <laughs> these people are fucking monsters. So Jasmine and Jeremy, they actually went to a restaurant to go out to eat after the murders. They were seen laughing and kissing after her whole family was just murdered. Well, you got to get hungry after murdering people. I mean, that's fucking horrible. Pieces of shit. They should eat a bunch of shit sandwiches. (laughs) It was the same day, April 23rd, 2006, around 1 p.m., that the bodies of 42-year-old Mark, 48-year-old Deborah, and 8-year-old Jacob were discovered in their home, but 12-year-old Jasmine was nowhere to be found, obviously. They believe that Jasmine may have been a victim, but the next day they actually ended up arresting her and Jeremy in Leader, Saskatchewan. After being arrested, Jeremy reportedly asked the officer if he had seen natural born killers and then proceeded to tell him that it was the best love story of all time. Fucking asshole. I hate this kid. Guy, man, I don't know what fuck he is. They also arrested their friend Casey Lancaster, who had apparently, they, she drove them away from the scene And then she also helped dispose of any evidence. Jeremy and Jasmine were charged with the three murders of her family. Casey was charged with being an accessory to the murders. Casey was charged um, with the accessory, but it was dropped after she pled guilty. She had to do one year on house arrest and prohibited from using drugs and alcohol. December of 2008, Jeremy was sentenced to three consecutive life sentences for each life that he had taken. He was sentenced for first-degree murder with no chance of parole uh, for 25 years. Since Jasmine was only 12 years old, you would think that they would charge him with, like, rape or something, right? Yeah, like a statutory rape. Yeah, but nothing. They didn't do anything like that. He actually, like, denied. He's like, we didn't have a sexual relationship, so I guess they really couldn't charge him with anything like that. Jeremy actually did end up changing his name to Jackson May while he was in prison, I read it was because uh, his mother, I forgot her first name, but her last name is May, and she passed away in 2016, so he changed his name to that, even though she was alcoholic and abusive towards him. But that's what he did. (laughs) Now 13 years old, Jasmine, on the other hand, was sentenced in November of 2007 to 10 years with 18 months credit due to her time spent in custody. Jasmine then had to spend four years in a mental health facility and another four years after that under community supervision in order for her to be pretty much allowed back into society. She reportedly expressed remorse for what had happened and seemed to be doing well during her treatments. She actually eventually moved into an apartment with a friend and had a full-time job. May of 2016, Jasmine was fully released from all rehabilitation and was given a new identity. In 2020, her whole record was completely erased. So she only got 10 years because that's the maximum allowed by Canada's Youth Criminal Justice Act. So she is somewhere with a new identity. I don't know if she's still in Canada, but that's pretty crazy. And uh, yeah, that's the horrific murders of the Richardson family. And now, just like this blows my mind, like they're no longer alive. She's free to live her life and he's sitting alone in prison. Like now you guys are no longer together. Like what's, what was the point? 
Yeah. You think you're going to get away with all this stuff and live a, like a loving life together, a happy life. And it's just like, no, you just fucking, your parents are murdered. So is your brother. You're never going to be with him again. <laughs> like, I doubt he's going to get out of prison. I don't know. It's crazy that she's allowed to live out there like that. Yeah. I mean, being 12, 13, I'm going to be sentenced to 10 years. Yeah. I mean, now I think she's, I, I could be wrong, maybe 29 or something I read, but I could be totally wrong. But yeah. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. It's wild, yeah. Um, fun fact, though, when I was doing this research, you would love to hear this. I found a thing called House Creep, and it shows, like, all the listings of these stories that I tell, and it gives their addresses and, like, tells, like, what happened in that house. Isn't that crazy? It's called yeah. House Creep. I thought that was so interesting. I just came across that. But yeah, that's the story. And I guess I got to add one last thing, because um, it's an extremely late happy birthday to you, because I was supposed to do this a few episodes ago, but it was your birthday and happy birthday. I hope you had a good birthday. Yeah. You did, right? Yeah, I did. And then my birthday's in two days. I'm going to party it up for fourth. Right? Yep. <laughs> awesome. So, so, yeah, send us case suggestions, gruesomeandunatural at gmail.com. And if you wouldn't mind rating, reviewing, it helps our show. We appreciate it. And thanks to all of you guys for listening and supporting and all that stuff. Until next Monday. Stay safe and be aware.